You're listening to Scariff Bay Community Radio and this is Local Media This Week, the programme where we go through the local print media here in County Clare and this week we have the Clare Echo and the Clare Champion and uh, we'll have a look and see what's in it. I'm delighted to have all of our usual panellists, I was going to say normal but they're not normal, <laughs> uh, John S. Kelly. John, you're very welcome. Thank you very much, Jim. And Pat O'Brien. Pat, you're welcome. Thanks, Jim. And David Fleming. David, good to see you. Afternoon, Jim. Now, we'll have a look at, um, I suppose we'll start at the front page of the various papers. Uh, the one thing that, that strikes, I'm looking there at uh, the, the Clare Echo, and uh, Parik has a, has a story there, floored for eight hours. And it's, it's just, it's absolutely terrible reading. A woman from Kidrush uh, had to, to, to wait... Um, for eight hours on the floor of yeah. an ambulance. John, Unbelievable. It's not Jim. good enough. It is. No, and I mean, you, you'd be, have to ask yourself, um, are we going to continue to accept this uh, reality? Because it's not the, the first time we've met such catastrophic uh, uh, anecdotes. It's not true. Oh, no, yeah. I mean... Well, we heard, I think, John, very recently in the media, was it the national media, we heard, in fact, in the hospitals that... Uh, yeah. Was it only last week that yeah. it was it in Dundalk that in fact they had run out of trolleys yeah. and patients were had to be accommodated in ambulances, and therefore you can see maybe why ambulances might be delayed. Now I don't know what sort. There of aren't thing. enough ambulances, number one, yeah, and sure. the configuration of you know the districts that districts they have to cover needs reform, and they're accepting that themselves. But that still leaves the people who are particularly far out on the western side of Clare. They're far from, yeah. from Limerick. Well, when you think of it, they, there's an ambulance base here in Scariff, and I yeah. presume there's an ambulance base in Limerick. Yeah. And to get to Listonvarna or Milton Malby or someplace like mm. that, from those two places, yeah. would take over an hour, an hour anyway. Yeah, I'd say yeah. there must be one in Ennis as well, I'd say. Is there one in Ennis? I'd say so, yeah. is, uh, is there a base in Ennis? I'd say so, yeah. Mm. You're not sure now, Pat? I'm, I'm not certain 100% but there must be. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, well, there there should be. be. <laughs> like, I mean, like there's the, a base some, here in Scariff for a reason, you know. Something like this could happen on a one-off basis yeah. when a number of accidents or yeah. problems, emergencies yeah. arose. But, the, but this is regular. It is. You know. well, it's nearly figuring every week, isn't it? It is. In our it is. Well, it's, it's, a, it's in, broad, in broad terms, our health system, including the ambulance system, yeah. is featuring every single week. And particularly, yeah. of course, at this time of the year. We're, we're almost getting used to it or mm. now, aren't we? That every mm. Christmas there's a crisis in the health, in the, yeah. in the health service. But, you know, it's, it's featuring in conversations that you'd meet as well. Yeah. You know, people go off to Australia, nurses, doctors. Yes. They don't want to work uh, locally because the conditions are so bad. Yes. And when they speak of the conditions, uh, Jim, what have they in mind? Uh, undermanning, yeah. uh, overcrowding, just not enough facilities to deal with the people who are ill. Yeah. And that makes work next to impossible. Yeah, but the man at the end of the table here, um, who is concerned uh, as much as you, but doesn't like the idea that it's going to demand more money out of the central system. 
Well, uh, happily the listeners might not know which man is John referring to, but he was looking at me, listeners, in case you're curious. Uh, what I would say, John, is we have thrown billions at the health service over the last two decades. Yeah. Has it solved any of our major problems? I'm sure it has solved some yeah, of the problems, yeah, yeah. but it hasn't solved waiting lists. Mm. Uh, it hasn't solved retention. True. Um, so there's more than just... Uh, now, I don't deny it that there is money. Money is a factor. But there is, there is a lot of other factors, I think, at play. And one of the bigger ones, one of the biggest ones, is how the system is managed. Yeah. Mm. And that, I think, seeps down then to a, a particular kind of atmosphere in the hospitals, mm. interpersonal. John, I'd ask you this, yeah. because, you know, you've more experience than the rest of us. <laughs> it depends on what <laughs> We better address that. <laughs> no, but, I mean, you can remember clearly when all the health boards um, were separate. Yes, yes. Did that work better than it does now? Well, I was very young at the time. I, I remember it well, all right. You felt that the members had a, a, a say, you know, in what was happening. If things were going wrong, it was going to come out fast and it was going to change. Isn't that right? But some people would say, you see, that that era was like a benign fascism, too. Hmm. Well, I, I have no problem with benign fascism. <laughs> If, if, the, if it works. If it works. That's what know. they would have said about Mussolini as well. But, yes. um, <laughs> the, but I notice in Slanchikare, the governments and all the parties have bought into yeah. Slanchikare, they are actually proposing to reintroduce yeah. um, regional, yeah. something yeah. like the health yeah. boards, but not yeah. exactly. Not exactly yeah. Which might address the, that deficit you're talking about. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Certainly, the, the, I mean, none of us know the inside story and mm. how it works but I mean if money doesn't solve it then it's the the structure that's mm. wrong and it's the organisation and yeah. it's a management issue I, is. I would suggest it's a big and, part and tell, of the story. And, and tell me to generate the kind of ambience that would uh, could carry a, a title of a nice place to work no to, to reach that we're talking about so interpersonal situations, mm. you know, managers well, who who mm. simply haven't got it. Yeah, like they, I I would say the actual care that's provided is by and large very good, and and the re relationship between patient and nurse in particular, yes. I would highlight. Yeah, and occasionally nurse and doctor, you would hope, um, but you hear disturbing stories on that front too, but. By and large, I think that relationship is a good one mm. and a positive one, and they do care. I, I've, I've experienced it myself. My father passed away last year. Yeah. Uh, he was in the intensive care unit in his last day, and there was nothing but support um, and care, I would say, would be the best word. And we are in Raheen Hospital. I, I, well, I know it's top class oh, in terms uh, of that. Isn't it? Yeah. It is. And you'd have to say, no, could that be transferred? into yeah. the larger hospitals. But, what, what but I tell you, what, what happens in the larger hospitals, John, once, once you get out of the, the emergency area and you get into the bed, 
You're all right. The key is fine. <laughs> yeah. 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 I think it's, yeah. the big lockdown is, is, is the emergency units. Yeah. And that they're, they're like doctors and nurses say, it is like Beirut at times. Yeah. yeah. And that goes back past then. One of the solutions put forward to that is better community uh, medical care. Yeah. Yeah. That really some of the issues that the mm. accident and emergency people are dealing with probably shouldn't be going, going there. there. Yeah. Yeah. And if we had better community, yeah. like, you know, Shannon Dock, our own yeah. GP services, I, I feel our own... G- I don't know whether it's whether we're straight jacketed because of legislation and or because of insurance or what or what it is yeah. mm. but in the past you went to the gp and your finger would be falling off and they'd probably manage to sort you out indeed yeah. indeed but today they wouldn't yeah. now that's mm. a very extreme example well insurance mm. factors come into play yeah but i'd say in most cases you you'll you'll, you'll be you'll be shifted onto limbic you would you see um, so, well, yeah. and that's what's clogging up maybe the system yeah. okay listen we'll go on from there maybe the uh, also on the front page um, of, of the uh, Care Champion yeah. is the air quality in Ennis. What uh, is that about, Jim? It's about, um, about tough and, and, and cold, uh, uh, John. And the, and, the, and the present weather conditions we have, you, it's very, very, you have no wind. And it's cold. Hold on a second, gentlemen. Hold a second. <laughs> it's cold, and people are burning a lot of fuel of, uh, of coal and tar. And do you remember when we weren't burning anything back in the summertime? And it was reported the minister uh, had advocated that we would ban smoky fuels. And the man to my right, and listeners may not know who is to my right, but I'll name him, Jim Collins, was dead against it, in fact. And, and we said, wouldn't it cause um, air quality issues? And that's what the minister was proposing, that, yeah. you know, he, the coal has been banned in certain cities, Dublin, Cork, Limerick, for a long time, but not in Ennis. Mm. Um, well, smoky but, coal, but, smoky, but Jim will cut as much coal as, coal as he wants to j- cut, and he'll burn it. Smoky coal, <laughs> smoky coal is banned in Ennis. Is it? Yeah, you can. But, but turf isn't, you see. Well, I don't know about tough and timber. I don't know about that. But, and, and there's no problem with timber, but except you, when it's wet timber. That's well, you have to, heat, uh, like, it's, it's minus, it was out in Tuller last night, it was minus uh, nine or eight and a half. Yeah, you so, I was in Innes last night, and I was coming out the road, and it was minus four, and went down to six on the way out of yeah. yeah. So, um... I would have been on the fire and heat yourself, or are you going to die with the cold? In my own fire, well, I don't like people, you know, getting sick because of what people are burning in their houses, but I, I burn smokeless stuff, which I don't know whether I should or I shouldn't, but yeah, I burn smokeless, 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 coal. smokeless coal is what I burn. Well, anyway, these days you certainly would want to burn something. You would. But your yeah. money point is, is burning coal, isn't it? it? Is. The, I, but I, right? David, in response, I could refer you, and um, maybe when you go home later on after the yeah. show, uh, page 21 of the Clare Echo, and there's a piece there. Now, it's not an article, it's, it's an advertorial. Uh, what does that mean, Jim, an advertorial? But I suppose it's, not, it's, it's a specific point of view rather than a rather than a journalist being straight yeah, down the middle. Yeah, it's probably sponsored by a but company the, or something. The, the SIA, the... Uh, the Stove Sto- Industry Fed, Fed Association. Yes. What, what page is that, Jim? 21. Page, page 21 of the Clare Echo. And, the and they're Echo. suggesting that 
you know, modern designs of stoves, for example, are so much better than, let's say, the old open fire. Yeah. And the other thing they're suggesting then is when you are burning, uh, let's say wood in this instance, yeah. that you burn it dry. Oh, yeah. Um, because well, that's essential. Yes. And when we, when we mean dry, we mean... Dry. Dri- dried as in it's been allowed, the sap has been allowed to dry out of it rather yeah. than a bit yeah. of rain falling on it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. With, with blocks. Jim, um, you, you'd expect, of course, that industry uh, association to say that. And, of course, th- there's nothing wrong with that. What the front page article, as far as I can gather, on the champion is when, when the smoke gets out into the city... Uh, or into the town, yeah. And when it's a foggy night or anything, of course, the fo- this and frosty nights, the smoke will linger. Is that is that what I'm gathering from this article? That you know, it says sharp spikes in particulate matter. Yeah, that's what happens when, when you have no, yeah. you have no yeah. wind to blow it away. I knew particles of dust, soot, and smoke have been recorded in Ennis during the recent cold snap, according to the EPA's. And, of course, people like Pat, who's gone out there doing his Christmas shopping in the evening, in the freezing cold, um, are inhaling all this stuff, you know, and that's the worry. I suppose one of the things then that our blessed planners want us to do is all to live in towns. We don't have any houses out the country, country, no single houses. Mm. In other words, all this... The, the, the heat that's generated um, is, is inside in, in places like Ennis and Limerick yeah, and yeah, Galway. Yeah. Um, why not allow more housing out the country? Yeah. And it's disobeyed, but it does end up, up, up above, you know. Oh, it does, but I mean, the problem here would be the, let's say, the yeah. concentration. Mm. But I think everybody in Ennis, to be fair to the people in Ennis, um, have chosen to live there rather than the planners like. Um, like uh, in Cambodia, the people in Cambodia forced everybody out of the cities um, into, indeed, the, into, the, indeed. into the fields mm. as well. But uh, to be fair to the people in Ennis, they've chosen to live there. Well, perhaps some of them would have lived out in Kilmele or Crosheen mm. or various other places if they had the choice, but they didn't have the choice. Mm. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Burning of smoky coal and wet wood is illegal since October the 31st. So if you're burning wet wood, <coughs> you, it's illegal to burn it. Yes. But of course, there's probably, to be fair to people as well, it takes time for those sorts of things to take hold. Mm. And if people, you know, people may have missed the legislation and who's going to enforce it, I don't know who's the responsible body for enforcing that legislation. But, but I uh, would say that most people who, people who cut turf, for example, yeah. um, you go along today now to see someone who has cut turf, and it's not 2022 turf they're burning now. Yeah. The chances are that yeah. they're yeah. burning, the turf they're burning today yeah. was harvested two or three years ago. Two or three years ago, ago. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and that's... That's the way it would be anyway. I'd have thrown into the shed and I wouldn't, I wouldn't maybe use it for two years. Yeah. And it's, it's yeah. in people's own interest as well, yeah. like, because it's, it's much more efficient. And the same with timber. If we cut timber this year, you wouldn't oh, exactly, burn, yeah. burn it until next year. But yeah. not everybody has a fine hay shed like our friend at the bottom of the table there, you know. <laughs> Who could, who could there's a big hole in it at the moment, John. I'm trying to, if there's anybody who knows about barns, let me know. Listen, we'll go on. Uh, and again, I suppose we're talking related to weather. Uh, the tents, apparently, uh, are not being um, used now to house people from the Ukraine. Now, that's, that's covered in... 
Who covered that one? That was the clerical it's, page. Yeah, it's the clerical page. page six. Story. Of course, this made national headlines over the, in the last week, and the fact that there were um, asylum seekers. Now, I don't know were, the, who, uh, were they Ukrainian or who were they, but yeah. whoever they were, nobody would. I wouldn't. I haven't even let the dog out um, <laughs> because of the cold weather that's happening. I felt sorry. Normally, I'd leave him out in the mornings, you know, and he would stay out until. Yeah. Can you imagine? Can you imagine how how well, uncomfortable it must, must have been? Must have been freezing. Now I'm sure they would have had some heat, but I'm glad I'm glad the the, the local authorities, um, their be, county council, be, sorted it out. Army tent. Uh, there'd be army tents. Uh, the, army tents. Yeah. They wouldn't yeah. be the one that should be going off to well, in the summer. All, to, <laughs> to, 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 um, I know that it's cold. Be very yeah. cold. Yeah. Yeah. Be cold but uh, to be fair to Cahill Crow, he raised the issue in summer that really this tents aren't the way forward. And what would happen in cold weather? And it's amazing that the cold weather had to come. It's almost as if we gamble that it'll be all right now until, until we'll see what happens. And then when it happens, there's a big kerfuffle. Um, so it's a pity, um, but I'm glad, to, I'm glad it's been sorted tell out. Me, I, let's, let's hope that we won't be using tents again as the headline has Yeah, it. tell me. You remember some time ago we discussed uh, this question and it was raised uh, in the conversation that perhaps we don't make a sufficient amount of pre-planning to satisfy what may be the need. Isn't that right? Uh, That's right. Imagine, John... And I hope it will never happen. Another conflict on the borders of Europe or in Europe might yeah. happen. At the same time as the current conflict, and it, there's, who knows what might happen. <laughs> Germany well, last week was we a bit be, frightening. Well, exactly, yeah. the German coup. Um, w- would we be prepared for another one? For another influx of, of uh, and look at England for, unfortunately, a number of people died or, during yeah, the, the week other trying day. to cross yeah. the channel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The English get it all the time. We, we because of our location, and com- look at Italy in particular and Spain, who yeah. get migrants all the time. Yeah. Are we pulling our fair share as Europeans? As Are we? I, 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 I just ask the question. I don't know. I don't know what, mm-hmm. like the southern Europeans, France and, not France, Spain and Italy in particular, would say that northern countries are probably not pulling their weight. But yeah. I, you know, yeah. you're, you're just wondering about, point. You're wondering about sports, uh, the people ahead of, head of governments and sports organisations and everything. There was, I suppose everyone is watching the World Cup. But to stage the World Cup, as it has been staged, it, it costs 200 billion. That's what it's spent. Now, as part of that... Uh, 200, 200 billion, John. Yeah. 200 billion. billion. Now, is to that stage the World Cup. To stage, our, is it the, the economic They build nine stadiums. They build nine stadiums, and once the World Cup is over, there's one of them stadiums going to be knocked, demolished. One of them. Yeah, and this is the state of... of is, is the same size as Munster. Yeah, yeah. And the world hungry. And the world hungry, and the um, people yeah. know how to, to live and know how to. Tell me, Pat, have you any attitude uh, in regard to the stories of corruption? It's not covered in the in the in the local papers, I think. 
Um, and, the, right. and, and the football. And the football. Well, sure, there, there was corruption. Sure, definitely there was. Yeah. There were court cases and people brought the court and everything over. Certainly was it. Yeah, most, of the, most of the people who were in the upper echelons of FIFA when this decision was made it, yeah. have been, yeah. are gone, gone. Um, on, under questionable circumstances. Just, yeah, yeah. They've, they've either been... With their pockets filled? Mm. Well, sure, the likely... I mean, even this week we saw there's, there's somebody in the, in the European Parliament there's an there investigation uh, in relation to a uh, possibility of, from Greece, in yeah, relation yeah, to yeah. Qatar mm. and Guitar, yeah. mm. trying to purchase influence. Mm. And there, there's, certain, there's certainly enough evidence to hold an inquiry. Yeah. Um, so I suppose it's something we need to be mindful of the whole time. Mm. But FIFA, you know, hasn't been, hasn't been a shining light in terms of... No. Uh, Revelation. You know, values and... Um, yeah. But the World Cup should be in Germany or England or Italy or somewhere, where the stadiums are already there and all your big football. Put it in, over there, just put it in because, because there's money. Yeah. But, uh, build, I, I, build nine stadiums I, 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 over I there. I in large agree with you, Pat. Um, I sound very argumentative tonight. I don't know why. <laughs> but um, <laughs> countries from the Middle East and even Africa would say Europe always has the advantages. And because we're developing countries now, you wouldn't put the Middle East into this category because I think what they are doing is kind of um, uh, making themselves try to look good, just as Russia tried mm. to make them. But I think African countries and Middle Eastern should have a fair crack of the whip. Um, but they shouldn't be any, they shouldn't be the exploit. We've learned so much now about the dirt, not only in football, yeah. But in the construction industries out there, yeah. in Six, the, yeah. in over 6,000 people yeah. died. Exactly. Migrant workers. And yeah. it's good that we've heard that. That's the only positive thing mm. that we've heard out of it. It's a scandal that they would knock a stadium. That wouldn't be sustainable, sustainable at all. Mm. But these countries are built on oil. Mm. And the, more, the, more, the quicker we get out of oil, the better as a, as a globe. Which brings us to the yeah. fascinating revelation during the week in regard to energy. Uh, possibilities with the nuclear fusion. That's mm. right. From I mean, America, the American scientists have uh, mm. so, identified yeah. producing nuclear, mm. producing energy, yeah. but no waste. No mm. waste. Which and is no, the real... No yeah, nuclear energy. It's a fascinating. For years, we have been anticipating... Yeah. You know, so we look forward to see how, when that will be implemented. It would be a game-changer, yeah. would of course. Does it say that we should... Uh, watch it. I'm talking about the, 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 the decision makers in state level that they should watch it very carefully oh, yeah. because it may, it oh, may yeah. help to determine how much should we invest now mm. in alternative energies mm. that would be superfluous mm. in a, perhaps 10 years' time. Yeah. And I was, I was reading an article in The Guardian during the week when uh, the Irish correspondent did a little report, or there was a report, the Irish and the German correspondent. Yeah. Uh, a lot of wood being stolen in Germany. Really? Um, in the cold snap. Whereas an Irish man was, who has a bog and who cuts turf, maybe it was Pat O'Brien, he wasn't <laughs> named, but uh, he said having his own bog was like having an oil well Out in the back garden. Oh, of course, lovely. So, which I suppose we're all, we're getting away from. We hope our days are actually expensive because I have three or four of them. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we better move on. Uh, just Jim, on the yes. Ukrainian thing there, there's yes. a nice story there on the front. 857 Ukrainian children were enrolled in County Clare schools. 
yeah. which yeah. is I suppose is, is good. I know I'm, I suppose yeah. hopefully they'll they'll get the extra teachers and the extra well, staff and the extra money that will that the yeah. resources would follow. Um, and that's often the complaint. There's 531 in, in in the primary schools and there's 326 in the second level schools. Yeah, yeah. It's which fantastic. is very, it's great I, to see. I, I yeah. was over in East Clare on Sunday and dropping off a few things for them. And I said hello to one of them, um, a mother and her four-year-old child. Yes. And I introduced my two children and myself. And the four-year-old child, the mother said, well, what's your name? I asked, what's your name? And the mother repeated the question. And in very proud, the four-year-old, strong English, she introduced herself. Mm. And I thought that was lovely. Yes. Um, so I, I, I think we'd wish those families over there and in the county more generally uh, a happy Christmas and hope they're doing okay. And, yeah. and if there is any way that our listeners can contribute to make their Christmas a more pleasant one, mm. okay, uh, we'd encourage it. Yeah. Mm. Okay. And just looking, I suppose, the weather-related as well, salt, 14,000 tonnes of salt, uh, Porrick has on page 12 of the Echo, has been spread in the past week. Absolutely the moment to say to our county council, well done over the week. Mm. Because surely they, 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 they take the, the, the honours for keeping our roads. I didn't hear of anything negative, you know. How about yourselves? You were, you were all out, you were driving actually, weren't you? Yeah, well, the, the main roads have all been salted. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah, just yeah. take care on the back roads. And the back roads just to take your time, but yeah. uh, you can't expect them to do it with road, Jim. No. You know, and I mean, in fairness, the, the back roads have been dry enough. They've been dry enough, dry enough this week. Have, yeah, yeah. But fair play. Listen, yeah. Pat and I are here and we're sitting around the table with two historians. And I suppose uh, one history story strikes us and that's Lemina Castle. Oh, Mara Rua, Red Mary McNamara. Why was she called Red Mary, I wonder? Mara Rua, because she was red-haired. She must have been had red hair. Mara yeah. Rua. Was it nothing to do with her fieriness and her determination? Oh, um, well, it might be added, you see. I, we're not going to comment on the, the um, tendency of a red-haired woman to be, you know... No, wait, by God, we're not. <laughs> Didn't Pat, you were saying that she threw somebody, she threw one of her husbands, was it, or somebody well, off the top of Lemonite Castle, or some castle, anyway. The story goes to chain about 12 husbands, and that she got rid of them all, and uh, there was some yeah. story said that she, some of them were tossed off the, the top of this, you see the, the, the tower house part of it there? Yeah. They'd, they'd be, the, when she got, wanted Did to get rid of them, she'd throw them out there. Take, take this, we're talking about 1650. Okay, the Cromwellian uh, wars come coming to an end. Yeah. She's in danger because the McNamara's mm. had taken the king's side in the civil war and she's in danger of losing her house. Next time you're driving past Lemina, think about Mararua. She got on her horse and went in to meet uh, Cromwell's uh, general in Limerick. Mm. Now consider the conversation if we were doing this on television, okay. Um, is, and, and the general said, well, Mrs. O'Brien, I've heard of your reputation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Could we retire into the corner and we have a chat about it? Yes. Anyway, she offers to, as you, as you know, all our listeners mightn't have tuned into it, she offers to actually 
take any one of her officers back as her husband. Yes, after her husband died. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, killed. Well, she was. So, I think she was a remarkable woman. Well, I mean, why do I you don't, say she was remarkable? I don't. Well, uh, <laughs> is it because your wife is related to her? <laughs> have De you a person? Have you a conflict here now? I mean, well, what is the relationship? Maura Rue was was a McMahon. Yeah. From Cleena Castle. Yeah. Uh, in Newmarket and Fergus. Yeah. And of course, uh, I, I have married into. The, the McMahons, McMahons. Yeah. Uh, from Cleena. <laughs> um, so, so no wonder you're saying but, what you're but, saying. But I think she was a very practical woman, and I yeah, think, yeah. John, what you're saying was, you know, she wanted to hold on yeah. her, her and, and, and her family, <laughs> and the easiest way to do that was, you know, be as yeah. um, and nice to the, uh, the enemy she, as you now could. Now tell the truth, what did, what did she do to him? The guy she brought out from Limerick. He gave, she gave him uh, some, uh, you know, time, all right. But eventually she <laughs> Maybe tired. Maybe he wouldn't put up to the next <laughs> Yeah, she had tired like she had done of four or five others before, before this match. You know what she did? Tell me. No, you tell me. No, no, you don't have to tell me. You're the relation where the, the three of us are. He doesn't want to wash family laundry. No, laundry. they don't talk about that no. in the family. You did not. You never, was it ever discussed? No. Only, only the positives. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, she found him out uh, of the window. She fenestered him. Is that what you call it? Oh, that's a nice word. Yeah. And if you look, if you look at the picture in the Clare Echo on page twenty, you'll see the lovely fenestration of the windows, the uh, the, the the crossbars of of the what would we would call Tudor windows. And this is a transition period. Not it's a transition sure. period. It's yeah, a lovely yeah, example. I use this in the classroom. Yeah. Um, um, Jim, uh, it's a lovely transition of of uh, of the seventeenth century move slightly away from entirely defensive yeah. to a little bit more homely. Mm. But there's nonetheless there's still defence there because yeah. you can see even in the new bits in a picture. Look on the left hand side. Um, it's called, I think, a machiculation. It's where you throw stuff down. Yeah. Yes. And of course, the building is weakest at its corner. But the story is about they're putting a new car park there in front of Lemon. There's a junction there in Lemon. It's a dangerous old Very junction, dangerous, and yeah. they want to put a car park and they want to improve the junction. Yeah. But I hope it might be a forerunner of, of, of a little bit more information about Mara Rua. Like, there's no information. Mm. I think it's owned privately, you see. Now, yeah. the one thing I would caution if anybody in the council is listening, the landscape around there was actually landscaped as a garden and you can just about see the very old wall, wall along lines. and there was a canal and everything yeah so great to do it would be wonderful to do a bit of an archaeology on it and to also respect maybe what survives of it but it was a very detailed study of it but it's great to see it's, it's a, it could be a few of the husbands if we went to oh, the archaeology and that, uh, that's a very good point. There is a picture of Maura Rua <laughs> O'Brien. Um, it's in private hands, but it's uh, you look. You can Google her, and it'll come up. Yeah. Um, it's a very rare 17th-century portrait, and it just goes to show you how important of a woman she was. It does, and but, but mind you, mind you, she wasn't exactly besto bestowed with uh, well, what's the word? Wait, beauty. Be with <laughs> Her strengths lay elsewhere. Lay elsewhere. That's true. <laughs> Maybe the artist was. Uh, well, I wonder. Did she yeah. have some? Was there some battle in 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 Burnashi as well? Wasn't she involved in Burnashi and some? 
But you could also they were involved, you see, in the in the yeah. on the yeah. king's side. Yeah, yeah. 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 So she had a number of residences. Lemonat was only yeah. one. Quinn, uh, Quinn, and yeah. and Bunratty, I think, was on O'Brien stronghold yeah. as well. So I mean, and she Gron- moved from house to house. Grania Weir, Grania Weir would be would be a, a direct, direct descendant. descendant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. Know? yeah. And um, mm. there you are. Okay. You, by the way, are you are you going to researcher now to see if there's any bloodline. I'll ask my wife and she'll tell me. <laughs> so it's, it's, well, it's, it's, Jim, it's a lovely, as, as uh, David said, it's a lovely piece of architecture. It is indeed. World yes. worthy of being opened up yeah. to the passing. Yeah, you'd, you'd like to see maybe a nice sign there as well. Uh, with the gateway yeah. to the bottom, yeah. because it's, it's actually there. Yeah. The yeah. To the bottom. On the way to Kilfenora. Yeah. And, and, yeah. Yeah. and, and on the way up to... Michael Cusick's yeah. cottage and, 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 yeah. and, and yeah. Um, we'll say, you know, on the way up on to Belly Bahan and all the, the, the bottom area. Okay, listen, we've reached, we've gone past half time, we've played extra time. Even. By the way, I have a photograph of her. Have you? <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. By your bedside. <laughs> Not quite. <laughs> Anyway, Pat O'Brien, our resident <laughs> DJ, Pat, what are we going to listen to to play us out of part one? Well, um, uh, that was last week's. <laughs> um, Gentle on My Mind by Dean Martin. It was number three in the charts in 1969, Jim. Very good. Lovely no. sound. Good love. Lovely sound. What is it again? Uh, Gentle on My Mind. Gentle. Could you sing a, a, a verse? No, I'm not here to sing. We let Dean sing it. We let Dean sing it. Dean Martin, Gentle on My Mind. It's knowing that your door is always open and your path is free to walk. That makes me tend to leave my sleeping bag rolled up and stashed behind your couch. And it's knowing I'm not shackled by forgotten words and bonds and the ink stains that have dried up on some lines. And you're very welcome back. You're listening to local media this week on Scarif Bay Community Radio. And uh, that was... Uh, Fabulous, uh, Dean Martin, gentle on my mind, and we'd have another um, plum song for you at the very, very end. Uh, normally, in the second half of the program, we look at East Clare, but I suppose well, this affects East Clare as well. Erlingus, um, Pat. Yeah, there's a story here in page eight, Jim. Erlingus uh, has good news for Shannon, but is taken to task over new UK base. Owen Ryan has the story. There was more good news for Shannon Airport on Wednesday with Erlinga saying it will strengthen its transatlantic capacity for next summer, while it still has not yet decided to resume the summer leisure routes that it had, it had in pre-pandemic times. The airline's chief strategy and planning officer, Reid Moody, told the Arctic's Joint Committee on Transport that there will be stronger US Shannon links. There will be exactly the same frequency on Boston, but more capacity because there are more seats on the new aircraft. He said there had been four weekly New York services pre-pandemic, but it will be daily next year. Well, Lingus will, will also maintain its three daily Heathrow services. God, that's great news. Yeah. And what do you think? 
Well, that's fantastic news, yeah. That yeah. is, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Is it going to cost uh, the taxpayer? Mr. Moody was very positive about the performance of Shannon. Shannon, as a whole, is doing really well overall. We see Shannon being up by 21% next summer. But then um, Carl Crow um, <coughs> took him to task. Um, he, he asked how much support the airline got last summer. Yeah, they're, opening a new, they're opening a new base in Manchester, Aer Lingus. And so, the, so Carl Crow took him to task on it. The uh, Crow asked how much support the airline had received from the state during the pandemic, and after hearing it was in the region of 60 million, he queried how, how appropriate it was to have opened a new Manchester base while receiving so, such significant support from the state, from the Irish state. He said it was, it was devastating for staff with up to 30 years service at Shannon to lose their jobs while a new base was established in England. Deputy Crow asked if the airline would consider paying back the money it got from the state. There's something amiss here, he said. He, he, has it occurred to you, to your airline, at any point that the new net figure should be refunded to the Irish state? Might you, might, it might have come under a different accountancy column, but it was money from the Irish taxpayer, taxpayer to shore up things in Ireland. And that same period was set up and in that same period, you set up a brand new Manchester, base in Manchester. There's something wrong in that, he said. Pat, isn't, mm. isn't he just ple pleading or speaking to the gallery? Sure, that's pure populism altogether. No, he, he's talking to the fellow, the Erlingus fellow. That's what I'm exactly saying, that he's talking, he's not, he has no basis there. I mean, but he has under, basis that argument there, that under that argument there, every person and every company, including the pubs, who got money from the government should be paying it back if they open a new pub in Manchester or outside of the jurisdiction. <laughs> or if, if that worker who got support um, during COVID moved to, moved to Australia, that person should pay back. I mean, that's that's a nonsense argument on, yeah, on but Carl Crow's behalf, you're, isn't it? You're talking to small money for, for people that got, got the support. We're uh, talking millions of euros. Well, Overall, you're talking well, you're millions. Talk, you're, not, you're probably not talking about one company getting 60 million and they, 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 were, they, they took the base of Shannon and they, they set up a new one over in Manchester. Well, I'd remind, After getting money from the I, state here. I'd remind, you, I'd remind you what Michael O'Leary said, and it was reported on last week, that our small little country has only a very small share of the market, whereas Manchester, how, what's the population of Manchester? No, oh, yeah, it's probably as big as Ireland. It's probably as big as Ireland. And these, yeah. this, Ireland is a private um, company. Yeah. But they get, uh, that doesn't operate anymore just purely out of Ireland. How much did they get from, from, from that fellow over the Blondie House fellow that's after losing his job? What's it called? Donald Trump? No. No, I no, that. no. What was that? What you referring to Donald tower? Trump wasn't what's blonde, he was orange. What's what you call that fellow that? Um, Boris. Boris. How much yes. did they, uh, how many million did they get from Boris? Erlingus. I, I said they didn't get even 60 cents. Well, that's far. I, I wouldn't be endorsing Boris, but the European Union as well. I mean, the, the, we wanted, w would it have been worse to leave the company include, it's not only Aer Lingus, of course, it was the carriers based in this country, Ryanair, who got money as well. And if Ryanair set up uh, a base in Manchester, would we be saying the same thing? How important well, is uh, the culture of Aer Lingus? I mean, to my mind, the in, in the actual culture of Aer Lingus yeah. has been, I won't say anti-Shannon, but has been to ignore Shannon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Going back over a long, long, okay. long time. 
I mean, go, going back to the time when the government insisted that they took off in Dublin and landed in Shannon and then went on to America. Yes, yeah. Okay, I mean, that wasn't sustainable. Mm. But the culture in Aer Lingus is pro-Dublin within Aer Lingus, and I know that's now part of a bigger organisation, but I think that culture has persisted. I would say, Jim, all yes. of the, I would say Ryanair is exactly the same as Aer Lingus. More flights of, for Ryanair go out of Dublin, the same as Aer Lingus. They're both commercial. They just think commercially. It's amazing, and, but it's to be welcomed that they've decided to keep the three daily flights. So I would suggest to you that that suggests that Aer Lingus have probably listened to the politicians and the uproar that it would cause, even though they don't have to maintain those three flights. Uh, like, commercially, they're probably not. And look at Belfast. Aer Lingus have withdrawn the flight uh, from Belfast to Heathrow. Mm -hmm. uh, I think they base, they base decisions commercially. I think that's what any commercial well, company uh, does. The and day, and yeah. the day when... If we want to pay Aer Lingus or Ryanair um, a public service, whatever it's called, a public service levy, yeah. to put on flights for us, I'm yeah. sure they and Ryanair and whoever else would be willing to listen to us. <laughs> but... Um, they took the Heathrow slots also from Shannon and they went up to Belfast. And they brought them back again. Uh, who, 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 bottom like, line on the accounts. Was that, it is the bottom line. Yeah. Anyway, the day, the day of, of the protection they came back again is gone. Is gone. Uh, but the other thing, I mean, going back, if you're in America and you want to book to Ireland, yeah. Unless you look for Shannon, Aer Lingus will rule. Well, they'll, they'll go to the Dublin, they will, definitely. And that yeah. has, I mean, Definitely. historically, that has been the case. Yeah. 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 I, I suspect most people do want to go to Dublin. I know of American men, I know of, of a man that was, I, I, I think I said it before, there was a man from Six Mile Bridge who was over in America. And um, he was, no, this is before you, you, a good few years ago, before you went online and bought your ticket. But he was buying a ticket to come back to Shannon. And he was queuing up over in their Lingus place. And there was an, uh, an American man in front of him and his wife. And they wanted to go to the west of Ireland. They wanted to go to the Cliffs of Moher and Clarendy and, um, and, and uh, uh, Connemara, as he said. But the, the, the flight was coming to Shannon, but the, the, the lady in the office, oh, she said, yeah, you can go to Dublin. Yeah, she, she was sending to Dublin. She, she didn't even mention Shannon. And most Americans, they, they, don't, they know. don't know. Where um, any places? I think you're going to do, if you're coming to Ireland and you want your cheapest flight, you're going to do your bit of research. Of course and, you are. You know, if yeah. we, I have no idea where the airports in, in Poland are. But, yeah. this, but this, I will do my research and I'll find out. Yeah, but this American okay. man, then the, the, six mile, the man from Six Mile Bridge tipped him in the shoulder and he said, if you want to go to the West of Ireland, you can go to Shannon and insist, ask the girl. And he, he got his flight to Shannon then. Okay, listen, we'll, we'll go on. <laughs> so no, we, we'll go from Boston to Scarif. And wish Shannon well. And wish Shannon well, we well absolutely. And there's a new, a new Liverpool flight. Uh, I know. Uh, there is. Service now as well. Twice a week. Twice yeah. a week in the, in the new year. Yeah. 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 And hopefully there'll be more announcements over yeah. the winter. Yeah. Uh, social housing in Scarif is, um, is paused or delayed. Yeah. Uh, that's in the... Um, in the echo. The echo. The... the East Care page, page 20, the East Care page of the Care Echo. Uh, social housing delay in Scarif. And yes. uh, apparently it's only a delay, that it's not a, some administration difficulty. But um, 
Yeah, the, the, yeah. the work was to begin this month, December. Um, I'm sure December is practically gone when you take out Christmas out of it. But uh, Miss Hock, who is Anne Hock, who is the Director of Social Development with responsibility for housing, said that post-tender administration, and that's in inverted commas, had delayed the planning start. She said that the council now intends to award the contract for the proposed 18-unit development in January and complete the signing in the new year. Yeah, mm. but it doesn't actually doesn't inform, say what, inform no, the reader. Yeah, well, what, what exactly? is the post-tender administration? Mm. It means something has gone funny with the tender process. Yes, paperwork. Yeah. Paperwork, paperwork yeah. yeah. Now, it's, there's also on the same page, the, the Tulla um, footpath work yeah. has been paused and I think the money remains in place. Yeah. It's slightly more reassuring. They have a good bit of work done all the way out along now, out yeah, the athletic have. track. Yes, that's right. They have yeah. a, a new footpath all along there, yeah. a new fence, and they have a lot of work done down, mm. going out to the new social housing mm. scheme out, out on the Gart Road, they, they have new paths put in there. Well, so it will make... In time, I'd say they'll... Yeah, they will, of course. It will make the, that area there, particularly out to yeah. the running track, yeah. Very safe for, safe, for yeah. children. And there's no people. lights in Ireland at Jim Sorges. They, they, they are going ahead with, uh, and they're moving on with stuff, but it's supposed to take a bit of time to get all these things in order. And Pat, I see in the Care Champion, um, on the East Care page again, uh, Joe Cooney is somewhat frustrated over uh, the, the red tape involved in reducing speed limits. Yeah, Fiona McGarry has a story there about um, the the um, frustration over red tape and the need to reduce speed limits. Um, Fiona has it. Uh, frustration has been expressed that the red oh, tape... sorry, what page is that on? It's a page 13, John, the, the East Clare page and the, and the Clare Champion. The Champion. Yeah. The point was made by Councillor Joe Coney at the end of year meeting of Killaloo Municipal District. The action is needed on the route between Tungrady and Killaloo. Well, he, he described council's response to his motion calling for the speed limit change on the R463 from the Steiner School to Raheen Hospital as disappointing. Hmm. The response from senior executive engineer Derek Tri outlined the Transport Infrastructure Ireland rather than Clare County Council is responsible for conducting reviews. It also outlined the appeals mechanism where individuals can make a case for, on a local appeals board. Yeah, but a local appeals board, does anybody around the table here? No. How do you find out? How do you access the local appeals? Did you know that there was such a thing? This is the first time I've heard that. I'm surprised that Transport Infrastructure Ireland, which is a national body, is in yeah. charge of local speed limits. It seems yeah. very Our, strange that well, the council I mean, would not be part of. Joe Cooney now has been onto this, you know, quite strongly, yeah. and uh, and gets frustrated when he doesn't see progress on it. We are living in, within the boundaries of the town of Scarra. Um, there's a speed limit up. The National School is smack in the middle of the road coming down from Flagmont. Mm. And yet we can't seem to make any progress on uh, how do you control. Do you made the point that perhaps, or you made it, the best way would be to have ramps, not the speed limit itself. Yeah. Numbered on a, an eight-foot high pole doesn't seem to achieve very much. But mind you, if, if you have a bump, 
Yeah, coming up. Would you agree? Yeah. 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 But, but uh, like the, the issue here is the Steiner and the Hospital. Or if you get out there on a regular basis, John. Well, uh, there's a, there's a bump. Fines, issuing a fine. It's not quite in East Clare, but there's a bump on the road between Montpellier and Daly's Cross. Daly's uh, Cross. As you go to, if you were going to Limerick, yeah. David might mm. use that road. And there's a new bump <laughs> on that road. And by God, is it a bump. Yeah, yeah. Um, is it a man-made bump? Oh yes, very much a man-made bump. Yeah. And it's you're designed to slow you down. To, to bump you the first time, and by <laughs> God, you wouldn't, you wouldn't get caught again. Yeah. There are benign bumps, and there are serious bumps. There are, uh, this is a serious bump. In life. In life, and <laughs> on roads. And those bumps should be, they should be marked as well, you know, there should be little bumps with reflection. It sounds, it sounds could, as if, Pat, you have, you're you speaking from the voice of, of, of <laughs> frustration. And you could hit off them very simply without, uh, without knowing they're there. Listen, yeah. we're, we really are running out of time. What have we left him? We have only about three minutes to oh go. Oh dear. Uh, very does? quickly, Wesley O'Brien. Yeah, it. lovely photograph here. Many listeners will may recognise the name Wesley O'Brien from Killaloo. He's a tennis coach down there in the in the Killaloo Tennis Club. And he's, oh, yeah. he's got an award, very nice headline, Killaloo's Wesley Nets Award for his fantastic coaching and charity work. It's, uh, he's been awarded Munster Coach of the Year by Tennis Coach Ireland. And for anybody who knows him, he's a lovely man. And uh, he does coaching there at all, at all ages. But um, it's great to see a local man like that getting recognised. Nice bit yeah. there by Dan Danaher. And yeah. encourage people could, to read could, could some we, of Sorry, Pat. Could we, could we refer to the stalemate in the heritage, yeah. the transfer. Yeah. It has reached a stone wall situation. Mm-hmm. Now, we needn't spend any time on it, and we can deal with it, but it is serious. Uh, the county council have said they're withdrawing. Yeah, oh, yeah and, we, and we covered it last week. And uh, Did we know that they the withdrawal? Well, there, were, there was a doubt that... Um, well, they have indicated most yes, fully now so they've upped the ante. If, if we were playing poker, that's what the yeah. phrase would be, up mm-hmm. the ante. It's and, the headline it, there on page are we, two. Are we talking about poker, do you think, David? Oh, I think it's that sort do of a game that they're playing. And the departments and Shannon Heritage and yeah. Shannon Group and the council, they're all, there are multiple players at play, and there's but, going to say, who is going to blink first? A question I have to ask, why have, have um, Shannon, Shannon Group, why have they... Uh, um, why would they be asking questions on how much Clare County Council should get or shouldn't get? Well, Clare County Council are looking for money from, or somebody has suggested that the Shannon Group contribute towards yeah. the cost of the... Um, getting out. Getting out, mm-hmm. yeah. But it also seems to be a problem between two government departments. Yeah. yeah. That there's a lot of toing and froing there. Oh, yeah. And that there's no decision being made. Yeah. Yes. And, and probably ministers as well, probably getting involved. It probably now does take the Taoiseach. And the Taoiseach is only going to be here for another few days. So the new Taoiseach probably needs to step in and not And a few maybe heads that's together. why we have held it up until yeah. it will be the golden ball that he will grab. Yes. Well, is it a poison he, chalice or golden ball? He said, <laughs> he said, he said, he said uh, you know, to get on with it, but. Uh, if we look at um, the John John's Castle in Limerick uh, was transferred to, was transferred back to Limerick because they owned it, and they also got seven million to develop it. Now they have right. They got seven million to develop it. So uh, you, 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 
<laughs> are you looking for the money back? Are you looking for that money back and give it to the Clare people? But there's no reason why we can't get 15,000 over three years. 15 million. 15 million. I'd say they'd be happy to give you 15,000. 15 million. I don't think there's a problem with the money. It's where it's out of whose budget. Maybe the Aer Lingus refund. Yeah, yeah, maybe Aer Lingus refund. Hold on, Jim. Maybe we can maybe we can tax the water that's going to Dublin. Oh, sorry. Somebody's already thought of that. Listen, we're on nearly out of time. Pat, very quickly there, what's Alan O'Callaghan talking about in terms of dezoning down oh, your yeah, part of the Yeah, country? Alan, there's a, a solar system in Six Mile Bridge which was built um, from the housing scheme that was built back along the, the years there. Uh, Johnny Madden and company uh, built a lot of houses there and they put in a, an old solar system and it'll be updated recently. But it's, in, it's still in private hands, so Alan wants the council to take it over. And Claire, the, the Irish Water is in charge of all these places now, so Irish Water doesn't want to know anything about it. But um, Alan wants the council to take all over because it's going to affect developments in, in, in Kilmurray. So that's why he's, okay. that's why he's, he wants he want to land his own around Kilmurray if, if, um, if, the, if there isn't something started on the, on the storage. Okay. And talking about zoning and planning, David, Blake's Corner is in the news again. Yeah, a um, very curious piece on page two of the Echo. Very short, doesn't give us a lot of information. It just says that a judicial review against the decision for a compulsory purchase order in Blake's Corner will be, quote, vehemently argued, the Chief Executive of Clare County Council has pledged, writes Porrick. But it's a very short piece. It doesn't say who's brought the judicial oh, what, review. What is a judicial review, a, I wonder? A judicial review in this case, a, a, a judicial review can be taken on any matter of law, but in this case it's, plan, it's about planning. And it's, it's uh, the compulsory purchase order for land, I think for the new bridge, because Blake's Corner has already been compulsory purchased years ago by the council. I think it's for the new bridge, and that's maybe where the article needs to be a little bit more clear. Um, a planning decision has been made. It's gone to Unblord Planola. Unblord Planola has, has made a decision. And then the only last stage for an objector or a person not happy with that last decision is to bring the matter before the courts by way of a judicial review. And that is only in a case where the plaintiff is arguing that something hasn't been done properly from a legal point of view. Okay, so we'll Jim, have to wait and see. Jim, could I recommend yes. that uh, our readers might read the article by Dan Danaher on the front page of the living section of the Clare Champion. Okay. It deals with the impact which Michal O'Hare, it's a lovely, lovely article. Uh, the, the influence which Michal O'Hare as a radio commentator uh, had on on uh, Marty, Marty. Yeah, the party from Lupid, yeah, yeah. yeah. I just read a small bit of a Johnny yeah, Mercedes from tonight. Yeah. But there was yeah. one referenced in, in, in it. Priests weren't allowed to play, you know. Oh, they weren't. Uh, no. Yeah. No, he says he never came across. I never heard anyone saying it, but I know it happened. Yes. I know it did happen because <laughs> we had a guy uh, in Roscommon mm. um, who was a, a, a Clonliffe priest. Okay, a student actually, and then became a priest. Uh, he played under a, <coughs> a, a different name. God, they were always rule breakers up there, weren't they? <laughs> <laughs> oh, there was common sheep stealers. Yeah. <laughs> People found a way to get around it. Listen, we have to finish, folks. We're yeah. out of time. Uh, many thanks uh, again today for, our, uh, for, for coming and for being involved. 
to, to John S. Kelly. John, thank you very much. You're welcome, Jim. And to Pat O'Brien. Pat, thank you. Thanks, Jim. And to David Fleming. Pat, much I hope I'll be back after the roasting I got from <laughs> <laughs> So we'll go out on a bit of music. Uh, our program is sponsored by Ruth Griffin uh, Photography. This program is sponsored by Ruth Griffin Photography every week. And you can see Ruth's work in our calendar, which is on sale all around mm -hmm. there for five euro. Pat, have you uh, a track for us to play out on? We have um, the Arches, uh, the, uh, Sugar Sugar from the Arches, they were number four in 1969, okay. in, the, in the top 30. Yes, oh. some of us can remember it, Pat. <laughs> really? Okay, thank you very much. Uh, thanks to all our listeners. Uh, we'll see you again, please God, next weekend. Uh, for now, goodbye and God bless. Oh, honey, honey, you are my.